let me just jump straight into it. Second Peter chapter 1, Spirit of the living God, I thank you so much because I am so confident that you have something significant to deposit in our lives tonight. And so we join our faith with yours, O oh God. Your confidence to release that word, we join with our confidence to receive. And we decree that whatever is in your heart to do with this word, Lord, we receive and we yield ourselves to the results, the images you have in your mind as you release these words. We decree that by the time we are done, we will resemble what you see in your heart when you release this word. In Jesus' name we pray. And those who believe said, amen. amen. You know, that's my faith. Every time, I, every time I'm hearing the word of God, I don't just want to hear and be educated. I want to be transformed and I want to look like the word I heard. Does that make sense? Um, that's the whole point of the gospel. The gospel is given to us to experience, not just to be educated about. The gospel is, loses its power if you don't experience it. Amen? Um, and, so, and so the will of God is that we experience the gospel. Second Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add your faith, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that a profound statement? So, someone say after me. Come on, put your right hand up. Say, I will neither be barren nor unfruitful in my knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, say it again. I will neither be barren nor unfruitful in my knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. So, 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 so your declaration, if, you, if that is your faith... That declaration of faith puts you in a place where there are some things that we need to learn. Because we've already talked about knowledge. He says, add knowledge to your faith. Don't just make a declaration without understanding what it takes. Faith is not just mental assent. It is, it is an action. It is informed action. Does that make sense? Faith requires informed action. So your, that declaration of faith which you have made means that, uh, that there are some things that you and I now need to engage. And we've been looking at this scripture for a few weeks. And I hope you are, you are learning from them and they are feeding you. Bear with us because we're going to stay here for a, for a few more weeks as we dig into this series which we call Fruitful Faith. But we've been looking at this, at this scripture for a few weeks now. And Peter says... That we have, if you read previous, previous verses, I, I, I stopped short of starting from verse 1 because I could start to preach the whole thing. But, but, but he, he began to tell us that we have great, exceedingly great and precious promises in the word of God. We have exceedingly great and pre precious promises from God. And he says that these promises that we have from God, they enable us, they give us the ability, they enable us to become partakers in the divine nature of God. I pray that you do not miss, and every time I read this, I feel so, you know, do you, I, I pray that we don't miss the significance or the, the potency of that statement 
he's saying that a mortal man, young men, young women, old men, old women, middle-aged men, middle-aged women, children, boys, girls, black, white, educated, uneducated, flawed, privileged, non-privileged, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of where you came from, regardless of what happened today, regardless of what you see around you, regardless of what you see on the news, regardless of what medical marvel or you know what kind of uh, turnaround is happening in the medical world, regardless of all of these things, He's saying that it is possible for you and I to be partakers in the divine nature of God. It is to be a partaker. To be a partaker is to be a sharer. It is to be an associate. It is to be a companion. It is to be a partner in the divine nature of God. In the divine nature of God. You can be a partner in the divine nature. The nature of God is such that he cannot be bound by anything. And you can be a partaker of that. The nature of God is that he has the ability to love the unlovable. And you can be a partaker of that. The nature of God is that he does not lack. You can be a partaker of that. The nature of God is divine healing you can be a partaker of that. The nature of God is that he can see around the corner and you can be a partaker of that. The nature of God is that, is that he can call those things that be not as though they were and you and I can become a partaker of that. The nature of God is that if he steps into a dead situation, he quickens the dead. You can be a partaker of that. The nature of God is that if it is dark and he steps in because his nature is light, illumination has to come. And you and I can partake in that where our families don't have to stay in darkness because we are present and we are partakers of the nature of God. So you can step into that family situation and suddenly peace comes, light comes, healing comes. Peter is saying, regardless of who you are, we can participate. We can be partners with God in his nature. We can be an associate with God in his nature. What if tonight you are not as stuck as you think you are? What if tonight the giant that is before you, the giant that has been threatening you, is really just not as big as you thought you as, as it is, is really just waiting, really just waiting for you to engage your divine side. What if the doors to the nations or the door to that industry or the door to, to, to that person's heart is not as shut as, uh, as you think it is? What if, what if it was only uh, built to respond not to your natural person, not to the natural man, the weak man? What if it was designed, that door was designed to respond to your divine nature? Listen, there are certain things that we will experience upon the earth that will not shift until we participate in our divine nature. The Spirit of God was speaking to Nehemiah, sorry, speaking to Zerubbabel and Joshua. And he said to them, look, if you are going to do this, if you want to rebuild this city, it will not be by might or by power, but it will be by the Spirit of God. 
Because there are certain things that you and I will be looking to engage in that will require us to participate in the divine nature of God. And Peter says, listen, there is the, the, it is the, the exceedingly great and precious promises that connects you, that is the pathway that allows you to participate in the divine nature. And so he says, here is what we have got to do. And so Peter says, what we have to do is to make sure that our faith is fit for purpose. Okay? So that's what we're looking at. He says, he says, he, he says um, the, the difference between being trapped, the implication of what he's saying, is the difference between being trapped in this natural world and being able to participate in the divine nature, which allows you to escape the corruption of this world. Amen? The difference is this, your faith, which is really, we've talked about real faith. You know what faith is. Faith is really your ability to latch onto the promises of God. Amen. The quality of your faith, and, and, and it's not a matter of the size. There is a size of faith, but, 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 but primarily we're not even talking about the size of your faith. We're talking about the quality of your faith, the thing that makes faith effective is the quality of your faith, the quality of your grip on the promises of God. Does that make sense? I can, uh, there are two ways to grip this lectern. I can just grip it like that, amen, or I can grip it like that. They are both grips, but the difference is one is stronger or a better quality grip than the other. Are you with me so far? And that's what your faith is, and Peter is giving us some insight. He's saying, look, it is important that you add certain things. He says, look, if your faith is going to be quality, if we are going to be people who have the quality equipment that enables us to escape the corruption of this world and become partakers in the divine nature of God. Are you with me today? And become a partaker in the divine nature of God. We've got to do some servicing to your faith to make sure that your faith is quality faith. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, your participation in the divine nature of God depends on your willingness to add these things to your faith. And so he says to them, add virtue. And then he, and we've talked about that. He says, add knowledge. He says, add self-control. We had a great time looking at that last week. And then he, and, uh, today we're talking about patience or perseverance. You, you, your, your, your ability, your ability, your, your ability to participate my ability to participate in the divine nature of God depends on, our, on my willingness, your willingness, our willingness to exercise patience in our faith. Amen? It, it, is, it depends on our willingness to exercise patience in our faith. What is patience? What is perseverance? Some of your translations say perseverance is the same thing. In the Greek, that word is the word hypomonen, H-Y-P-O. M-O-N-E-N. It literally means to remain under something, such as a heavy load. Okay? That's what patience is. Patience or perseverance, it's not like waiting for the bus. Does that make sense? You know, when you're waiting for the bus, you're just on your phone, checking Facebook, checking Snapchat, checking Insta, checking Twitter, go back to Facebook, Snapchat, Insta, Twitter, go back to Facebook, Snap. Nobody's, nobody has liked the post, but back to Facebook. Amen. That's not patience. That's just, that's just waiting for the bus. Okay? 
Patience, patience is not like waiting for the bus. Perseverance is not like waiting for the bus. Perseverance is, is the need to keep on keeping on in spite of adversity. Amen. It, it, it is, it is it, patience is, is endurance. It is staying in the word in the, in the context of what we've been talking about. It is saying it is latching onto the exceedingly precious promises of God. Remember I described faith. Every time I, I, I think about this, I describe faith as, you know, latching onto something. Amen. And, and patience is, is the willingness. It is the willingness to to latch on to the exceedingly precious promises of God, believing those promises of God, particularly when we encounter temptation to give in or give up. That's what patience is. Patience is only evident in trials. Amen. You cannot understand patience apart from trials. Can I say something? Do you know why? Do you know why when you first get born again, you have a great, you, you feel so good. Do you know why? Because you have faith, but you've not had enough time to have trials. I'm preaching good today. So, so look at this. Look, look at this. Patience is only ever evident in trials. You are not in Bible patience yet if there is no trial. Amen. The, the, the patience is, is not just waiting. It is waiting under a heavy load. It is bearing up under a heavy load. The Lord said to me this evening, in many parts, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just read this out because it just felt, you know, when, you know, some things, when, when God, uh, this is how I know God has spoken to me. There are certain things that he says, I know I'm not that clever. Amen. Don't shout me down. The Bible says, uh, Paul wrote to them, he says, you know when the Lord found you, not many of you wise, not many of you noble. We like to act now because you know three or four scriptures and you can add, do scripture mathematics that you are so you are a professor of theology. Stop that nonsense. When he found you, you didn't know anything. Amen. So, so I, I know the Lord has spoken because the articulacy sometimes is just, you know, it's too late for me to be that intelligent. But anyway, look at this. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Look at the, he said. He said this evening that in many parts of our lives, and please hear me, hear me carefully. Whenever you know Paul, every time Paul was preaching, a lot of the time he would say, "Now I, I speak as a man." And there will be time when, times when he would try to give you a direct instruction. This is from the Lord. I believe this is. If you don't hear anything else I say today, you want to hear this. In many parts of our lives, we are willing to believe what God said. Everyone say faith. Uh, but we are unwilling to bear up under the weight of that which opposes what he says. Everyone say patience. And so here is what happens when you are willing to believe what he said, but unwilling to bear up under the weight of what he says. We become people who have faith, but are unfruitful in our faith. Did you hear that? Because, because many Christians consistently make sideways move in faith. Don't shout me down. We make sideways moves in faith. But, and the reason we do that is because we are, we are not ready to make forward moves, which requires faith and patience. Are you with me so far? So, 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 so many of us are impressed with our faith because of an un, oh, 
an unwillingness. There is movement by faith, but no forward movement. And so you can be excited about your faith to still believe, but you're moving sideways. Amen? You're moving sideways, and you're impressed because you have the faith to move sideways. The challenge is that you're experiencing change, but you're not experiencing progress. Amen? You're experiencing change, but no progress. And so your faith is indeed producing something, but it's still unfruitful. If you're with me so far, say amen. You, 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 you move church when the... I'm just going to look down when I say this one. You, you, you move church when the pressure mounted. Move work when the pressure mounted. Change wife when the pressure mounted. Change husband when the pressure mounted. Change boyfriend. and Amen. Just, just keep, keep changing. And the thing is that you're experiencing temporary relief. But the problem is you are not facing the pressure that is required to have fruitful faith. Amen. And the thing is that you've been, we've been in faith. When we do that, we're still in faith. But the problem is that, uh, you know, most of the time we end up hating God. And be really angry at God. Because, Lord, I've been in faith. I believed you. And I moved. And I moved. I moved. I even moved this way. <laughs> we remember the time when you didn't just move gently. You moved, whoa, you... You move in a fantastic way, amen. And you go back to the Lord and you declare, Lord, where were you when I side moved? <laughs> amen. Where, where were you? And you, we are impressed by all that stuff. But the problem is we've been in faith, but not patience. Because we thought patience was waiting. We thought patience was as long as when I move, I'm still believing that God would do it. And so we keep moving sideways. As long as I've not lost my faith, we think that's the same as patience. But that's not the same. Because patience is bearing up under a heavy weight. Patience is the ability to bear up under, under, under a heavy weight. Can I just announce that this is your season to stop running from, patience, from pressure? Amen. Praise God. This is your season. This is your season to stop sideways movement. This is your season for progress. This is your season to go forward. This is not the time this is not the time to keep moving to the side and experiencing differences but no real progress. No. This time you will go forward because God is releasing fresh grace upon you to not just sidestep the pressure but to go in spite of the pressure. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise this evening. Amen. This is a season for forward movement in faith and patience as opposed to a sideways movement with faith and no patience. Look at Romans chapter 5. This is what the Bible talk, talks about patience. I'm glad I came to church today. Romans chapter 5. We're just going to look at scripture. Romans chapter 5. If you are there, say amen. Verse 3 says, 
And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Amen. Someone said, Pastor, I thought you were talking about patience. I am. But you're talking about tribulation. Yeah, we can't talk about patience without tribulation. There is no real patience without trials. Amen. Your patience, you're, you, you don't know. You, I, I think I've, I told you this a few times, and I never forget this. My father told me that real love is, you know, many people think that real love is, is the nice feeling you have when you, when you love somebody. You know, that, 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 that thing that makes you, make you, ooh. Hey. I think that just, you just see them, you forget Jesus. You just remember her. <laughs> Anybody, you never may the Lord give you that kind of love in the name of Jesus. For those of you who are looking, <laughs> looking at me, okay. So, so, and we think that that's real love, but real love, real love, I, and it, I'd never thought about it this way until he said this. The real love is, is patience. Real love is when it, it's not just the feeling, the, the feeling is part of it, but it, it is when, when they left their drawers by the bedside again. Ag- 12 years after you got married, don't shout me down, and, uh, and they still haven't learned to pick it up. What you do then will tell us whether or not you are still ready to love. And so and the church did not say, I'm not even going to ask for amen, as long as you understand amen. <laughs> but look at this. And, and, so, and so what we like to talk about when we talk about love is we like to talk about the feeling. That's, that's what we write about. That's what we... That's what we read about. That's what we get excited about. That's what we look forward to when we think about love. But nobody looks forward to picking up the drawers again. Amen. Pray for my wife. We don't have a drawer situation in my house. But, 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 but in my house, for some reason, I don't know why, I just don't close the lids of anything. Because I'm always on the... <laughs> so my wife is constantly walking behind me from the fridge, closing the milk closing the juice. <laughs> Please keep her in prayer, man. She's been doing this for nine years now. And um, may the Lord, <laughs> may the Lord, may the Lord help her. Everyone just pray, pray for one of two things. Either I learn to close leads or just pray that she will continue to develop perseverance. Amen. Either way, one of those is needed, but, but you know, we have a situation, but, 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 but that's what love is. So, so really what I'm talking about today it's not, you know, in terms of love, it's not just the fluffy feeling because the reality of love is the patience. Amen. The reality of patience that we're in, in, in the context of believing God for something is, is, is where you stand, how you stand in trials. Your stance in trials, that's what determines what kind of patience you're operating in. Romans chapter 5 Verse 3 says, and not only that, but we also glory, we rejoice, some translations say, in tribulation. Why? Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance or patience. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who, who was given to us. And I could preach about the love of God being poured out and how that fits into. But, but listen to this. He says, trials produces patience. Patience produces character. Character produces hope. And this hope does not disappoint. 
when we read this scripture, we love the fact that hope does not disappoint. That gives us, you know, but listen carefully. There are some hopes, listen carefully. Everyone's, are you listening carefully? Listen, listen, amen. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying, hear what I'm saying. There are some hopes that disappoint. Okay? The, 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 some of you are, are freaked out already. That's going to have your attention. Look at this. Look at this. He says there is, there is a hope that does not disappoint. When we read the scripture, we just like the idea that hope does not disappoint. But don't forget that is not just the statement in isolation. There was a series of events that happened to produce a hope that does not disappoint. What is the series of things that happened? Trials showed up, which produced patience. Patience produced character, and the character produced hope. The kind of hope that is produced out of trials, which produces patience, which produces character, that kind of hope does not disappoint. Amen. So, so, so Bible hope does not disappoint. Real Bible hope does not disappoint because Bible hope is employed by Bible faith. Amen. And Bible faith produces patience by believing even against the odds. And patience builds character. And character produces a hope that does not disappoint. Many of us want a hope that does not disappoint, but nobody wants to face the trials. You know, this is a common theme in the Old Testament, in, in, not even, not, in the New Testament with the apostles. They tell you about trials a lot and tell you to, be, to rejoice. Amen? Because it produces something. Do you, know, do you know why in every generation, in every century, in, in all of the history of mankind, there will never be a century, there, there's never been a time when diamonds did not sell for a high price. Amen? If you have real diamonds in any generation, whether you are here now, whether you were there when Jesus was present, or whether you were there in Abraham's time, if you had real diamonds, you had a hope that does not disappoint. Regardless of the time you find yourself in, do you know why that is? It is because it is because in every generation, the character of the diamond is still forged by pressure. That is why it doesn't matter whether you are you are your 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 economic system depends on trade by barter. You know, like when you when when in, there were times when they didn't have money money you know physical money that like we use now. So if I wanted your sheep and I had a cow, I said, "Do you want my cow?" So I can I want to eat lamb tonight. Do you have? And we exchange based on that. But 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 regardless of what kind of medium of exchange you had. Go, um, diamond was, has always ever been precious. Why? Because in every generation, diamonds are still always formed, forged under pressure. And so that's why you can never be disappointed. With diamonds, you have a hope that cannot disappoint. Why? Because this has been Patient in the tr- diamonds are forged by pressure. Amen. They are forged under pressure. 
And because over time, this diamond has withstood the pressure and become what it is today, it, it, it always, if you, if you find a diamond in KFC and it's a real diamond, you have hope. Does that make sense? You have a, it doesn't matter where you find it, it you have hope. Why? Because it is its character. Shout me down. Its character, excuse me, its character has been forged in pressure. Amen? You all hear me say amen. So look at this. Pressure builds the character of the diamond in such a way that when patience, when, when it is bearing up under pressure, when it's finished its work, you cannot be disappointed. Do you know, there were many stones that wanted to be diamonds. Amen? There were many rocks that wanted to be diamonds. But, but, but one of two things happened that made them, not, made them fail in their quest to be diamonds. It's either they could not withstand the pressure. Or sorry, it's, it's either they had no pressure. Amen. It was just a stone that was not under pressure like the diamonds were. Or they, were, they couldn't withstand. They disintegrated under the pressure. Does that make sense? Pressure is your friend. Say hey, neighbor, neighbor. Pressure is your friend. Put it this way. Trials. Come on, put it this way. Trials are your friends. Amen? Uh, because the enemy might have sent it for evil. But the grace of God is such that that which the enemy sends for evil, God sends the same thing. Let's not make any mistake about this. When the trial came, the enemy tried to kill you. Thank you, sir. When the trial came, the plan of the enemy was to take you out. We're not being confused about who sends the trial. The enemy did because he is a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. His plan was to take you out by that sickness. His plan was to take you out by that financial pressure. His plan was to take you out by that relationship pressure. But God took the same pressure that the enemy tried to use to take you out. And he used that same pressure to turn you into diamond, to give you you a hope that does not disappoint. Let me congratulate somebody who has been under pressure, maybe for two days, or maybe for three days, maybe it is for months, or perhaps even for years. You have been facing tremendous pressure. I came to congratulate you today because you thought this thing will take you out, but I came to announce that God has been using that thing to shape your character as a result of which right now, because of the pressure you have been under, you have a hope that does not. Somebody give the Lord a hand of praise like you believe it. You have a hope. <laughs> you have a hope that does not disappoint. You have a hope that does not disappoint. Romans chapter 15. Hallelujah. Romans, do you know what you're getting now? You're getting a God perspective on your life. And that's what you're getting. And every time you come up higher, things change. What we're doing now is raising your head up. When, when, when Jesus was bringing revelation to John, he said, come up higher. 
Because you've got to get God's eyes. What we're doing now is participating in the divine nature of God. And in the divine, when you're in the, through the promises of God, don't forget, through the promises of God, you participate in the divine nature. And when you're in the divine nature, you see pressure different. This is why there are some things you've been praying for the Lord to take away and he didn't. Oh, my word. He didn't. Why didn't? Because he's shaping you. Amen. And when you have been tried and tested, you shall come forth as pure. Look at, look at some of you that still don't believe it. Romans chapter 15. Romans 15. We're getting that it's going to sink in your spirit. I love when the spirit of God brings us fresh word. Romans 15 verse 4 says, for whatever things were written before. This is talking about the scripture. Amen. Everything that we have. I mean, we'll have a Bible. Praise God. Okay. Okay. Praise God. That's, that's good. Everything in your Bible. He says that whatever things were written before were written for our learning. Someone say my learning. See, see, never don't allow life or anyone or any situation to belittle what you are doing now by just presenting yourself to sit under the word. Amen. It is profound. It is important. It is the way that God does what he does. He saves by the foolishness of preaching. Amen. So would you just help me congratulate your neighbor for being here today? Amen. Amen. So, so look at this. So he says, whatever things were written, <clears throat> whatever things were written before, they were written for our learning. They were written for our learning. And check this out. Are you still with me? Check this out. That we, someone say, that's me. Come on, say it again. That we, that's me. He says that we, through what? The patience and the comfort of the scripture, see what happens. We have hope. So check this out. Scripture was written so that we, through uh, through the patience, amen, through the patience, what is patience? That we, through the bearing up under a heavy weight, okay? Scripture was written so that as you bear up under a heavy weight, I'm describing to you how to be patient now, okay? As you bear up under a heavy weight, we might find comfort in the scripture, amen, in other words, whilst you are bearing up under the weight of that financial issue or you are bearing up under that, 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 that situation that is opposing the will of God for your health. The Bible said the scripture was written so that whilst you are patient through patience and the comfort of the scripture, whilst you are bearing up under, this, under that weight and you are looking in the word. This is why Peter says, Peter said one time, he says, don't act strange when you face diverse trials and temptations because your brothers and sisters all around the world, anybody who has real faith has real trouble. Amen. So he says, don't act strange when you face diverse trials and temptations because, because your brothers around the world are facing this thing and some of them have, have, God has inspired them to put their trials and temptations down in a book so that when you come to your trials and temptations, you are expecting it, but you are bearing up under, and whilst you are bearing up under that weight, you look in the scripture, 
and find comfort. You look and you see brother, father Abraham, that he too bore, received a word from God that he began to believe. But the weight of his age, the community that called him old and unable to produce, Sarah, the weight of her womb that did not produce. The Bible says, whilst you are bearing your own weight, you can look in the scripture and find comfort. So people, do you know what? Do you know what? If, can I just help you? If you ever meet a brother or a sister who is believing God for something, do you know the best thing you can do for them? Give them comfort. Don't, don't, I hate it when, Christians, yeah, I'm going to say it. I've said it already. I hate it when, <laughs> I hate it when Christians see another person who is struggling and then you make a conclusion that you don't have enough faith or it's because you, no, no, stop it. What they need, what they are under is pressure. Amen. What they are under is pressure. And do you know what God provided for them? Comfort. So what we do, if your brother says, your sister says, I'm depressed. Don't be in a place where you say, get over that. You're, no, no, don't, don't do that. Comfort them. They told you because they're in faith to be delivered from this thing, and they're, they're still standing, so they're patient. They're bearing up under the weight. What they need from you is comfort. And he says that through, through the patience, our bearing up under the weight, and the comfort of the scripture. So, so as I look in the scripture and see Father Abraham, check this out. We might have hope. Show me a person who adds faith, patience to their faith. A person who perhaps is in here. Maybe you are in here and you are under pressure. And what you came for today was a little bit of comfort from the scripture. Show me a person who is under pressure. They've taken your house, but somehow you still find it in yourself to declare that God is good. Show me a person who's been waiting 10 years for the promise to manifest, but somehow you still find it in yourself to lift up holy hands and sing, I will worship you in this place. Show me a person who's been through some trials and temptation, but they're still here and still declaring that God is good. And I I will show you a person who has hope that does not disappoint. I'll show you a person that has a hope that does not disappoint. Don't let the enemy deceive you or make you think that because you've been believing for this thing for this long and it hasn't happened, don't, make, don't, don't allow the enemy to convince you that God has not heard you. He is shaping you. He is building your character. He's going to, I tell people who, who maybe haven't, uh, you know, have, haven't you know, been believing God, for instance, to be married and, and, and you're at a certain age and you feel like you've gone past the age when you, let me tell you, God has been shaping you in your season of singleness that in one year of marriage you will have joy that some little whippersnappers have not been able to put together in 10 years of messing around. 
Because our God knows how to shape you in the midst of what you are going through. If it's looking like it's not working yet, rejoice and be joyful in your trials and temptations because you have a God who is shaping your character and your character will produce a hope, a confident expectation of good that does not disappoint. Second Corinthians chapter 6, someone say, add faith, sorry, add, <laughs> add patience to your faith. Or maybe put it this way, exercise patience in your faith. Every time pressure comes, one of the things I hate to do, and I hate this, I hate, I hate <clears throat> under pressure, I hate to be afraid. Amen. Amen. I don't, like, I don't like doing anything out of fear. Because when you do, you know, it just kind of step. I, I just don't think it's the right thing. Every, every time you, there's some texts you should not text when you're angry. Some phone calls you should not have. Some decisions are too big. Amen. <laughs> and some decisions, are so, even some of your work situation. I remember one time at work, somebody responded and, and they were being really rude and racist to me in the letter because I, I dealt with customers and and they, they were, this was a, maybe 10 years ago now, and, and they, they were being really rude. Boy, did I respond. And I'm ready to re send back this letter. <laughs> I, I, I put down this letter very articulately responding to this complaint. And I'm telling them this. And by the way, you know what you said about that? That was not true. This is the situation. And, I, and I'm educating this fool. But then, I, sorry, this person, I apologize. The situation is still working. But, but then something just said to me, would you just hand that to your, to your colleague just so they read this letter before you said, I could have got fired if I sent that letter. Amen. Be, be, because sometimes there, there are some decisions you don't make when you're feeling a certain way. Amen. Sometimes you just need to go find, find the comfort of the scripture. Sometimes just the comfort of the scripture. Allow the scripture to comfort you. Amen. You know what the enemy does when we're under pressure? He belittles the scripture. When you're sick and somebody, and, and the, you open the scripture and the, the scripture says by his stripes you are healed, that begins to annoy you. It's true. That's real life. That's real life. That's the time when you need, you need a friend, another person to stand and comfort you to. Amen. Because, because th this pressure is real. You don't know what you would do under pressure. This pressure is real. And your pressure is different from my pressure. But what we do know is that the pressure is making us. Amen. The enemy sent you to kill us, but the, the pressure is making us. Someone say, pressure is making me. Check out 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I, I want to, it's a long portion of scripture. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, but I want you to read with me. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. This is Paul speaking. Just two or three more scriptures, or 12 more, and then we're done. No, no, joking, joking, two or three. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Welcome to our online people. We have some people who are watching on Facebook and Instagram. Come on, shout out to them. <coughs> Hello. <laughs> Praise God. We hope you are being blessed. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 4. Verse, sorry, yes. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. What, what have I got? What have I done here? From verse 1, sorry. From verse 1, sorry. I just wrote it down wrong. Are you, are you there? It says, as God's partners... Amen. Uh, remember what Peter said. Peter called us partakers. And we said that word also means to be a partner, to be an associate. Amen. 
If you're with me so far, say amen. amen. It means to work together with God in his divine nature. That's, what, that, that's really what he's talking about, to work together with God in his divine nature. So what he says here, we then, someone say, that's me, as workers together with him, we also plead with you, check this out, not to receive the grace of God in vain. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. Next scripture. Let me read from the New Living Translation because I like how he puts it. He says, as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness or God's grace and then ignore it. For God says, verse 2, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Indeed, behold, now is the day of salvation. Someone say, now, now is the day of salvation. You know, for a believer, every moment is a moment of salvation. Can I, can I do this? Okay. We think, we always think that salvation, and it is, salvation is just when God delivers you from the fire. The moment when you stop seeing the fire. Amen. That's what we think salvation is. But real salvation is, is wholeness, is being able to be made whole in the fire. Do you know when God saved the three Hebrew boys? It's not when they came out of the fire. It's whilst they were in the fire. See, your salvation is already in motion. You, you might be under pressure, the financial pressure, the, the, the health pressure, the life pressure, the, the mental pressure. You might be under, but because of your faith in Jesus, salvation is happening now. You are already saved now. It's already motion. Someone say, today is the day of salvation. Maybe we'll preach that another day. He says, he says, he says, on the day of salvation, indeed I helped you, indeed the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. And, and this is what Paul is saying. He says, we live in such a way... That no one will stumble because of us. And no one will find fault with our ministry. This is my faith. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. That's, that's all of us here. This is not just people who are anointed to be evangelists, okay? It's for all of us. We patiently endure. Check out how we show that we're true ministers of God. Check out how we show that we are partakers of the divine nature of God. He says, we patiently endure trouble. How do we endure trouble? Patiently. How do we endure trouble? Help me. What does patiently mean? We bear up. This is what true ministers of the gospel do through partakers of the divine nature. We don't run. And that's why he says, look, don't waste the grace of God. Did you hear that? how we started it? He says, he says, don't waste the grace of God. Because as true ministers, when we are under pressure, we don't run. When we are under pressure, we bear up. But in all things, we command ourselves, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulations. Amen? Let me put this in here. Because you, ha- Do you know why you can bear up? Is because the grace of God does not exempt you from the pressure. The grace of God provides what it takes to bear up under pressure. So we are pressed down, but we are not destroyed because even though I am under pressure, I am 
there is grace all over me that means that pressure does not kill me. Because of the grace of God, pressure refines me and makes me valuable and makes me have a hope that does not disappoint. So, the grace of God does not exempt you from pressure. The grace of God, and that's what he's saying, says, look, don't waste the grace of God over your life. There is grace to enable you withstand that pressure. If you are in here and you are under pressure, you are, he will not allow you to be tempted in a way that you cannot bear. He will not put a weight upon you that he has not released the grace upon you to bear. Amen. Someone say amen. amen. It says we patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. This is what, this is what Paul said. It says we have been beaten. We've been put in prison. We face angry mobs. We've worked to exhaustion. We've endured sleepless nights. We've gone without food. We proved ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and on the left hand for defense. Glory be to God. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us. Whether they slander us or praise, praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are, we are ignored, even though we are well known. We live close to death, yet we are still alive. Glory be to God. This guy, I, I look at the apostles and they just kind of make me want to look at this. He says, we have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We owe nothing, and yet we have everything. How? How did he? How did we do this? The problem is, in our time, what happens is when we are beaten, we retreat. When, 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 when you have no money, then God hates you. When, when, when you prayed and your answer hasn't come, we take our ball and, and we go. We don't want to play this faith game anymore. And, and yet, we're over there expecting, I am anointed to turn the world upside down. And yeah, 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 you are. But it is through patience. <laughs> we like the declaration. I'm a world changer. Every place the Lord has given me to step my foot, I have as a possession. Yes, it's true, but it is through faith and patience that we obtain the promise. The reason the apostles, listen, 12 men turned the world upside down till today not just because they believed in Jesus but because even when they were dead they were they were close to death Paul says I was close to death but I'm still alive I owe nothing but I still give people stuff imagine that because it is by faith and patience everyone say faith and patience John chapter 1. Are you, uh, is this helping somebody? Woo, I love the scripture. We are raising a generation of people of real faith. 
My faith is that you and I will be people whose faith doesn't just impress people here on earth. But when heaven looks at Chido Gideon, he would have found a man of faith, of the kind of faith that registers in heaven. The Bible says about Jesus Christ that, 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 that he's looking for a person. When the Son of Man comes, he says, will I find someone with faith upon the earth? My faith is that he will, when he comes past Relentless Church, when he comes past London, he will see Cheeto Gideon and he'll say, oh, I found him, I found him. Anyone, anyone else, amen? He will see you and he will see accurate faith. He will see somebody who is not flaky. He will see someone who is steadfast. He will see someone standing on the mountaintop, somebody standing in the valley, somebody standing when they walk through the water, somebody standing in the fire because you still believe and you understand that faith employs patience and if patience continues to work, the book of James says that it will produce, produce, put you in a place where you are lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. James chapter 1. Hallelujah. So the next time the enemy throws something your way, the next time you get an email that is disappointing, just go, ha, 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 ha. Glory be to God. Look at you. You're, you're so sophisticated. You can't even laugh. Amen. <laughs> every, now and again, every now and again in the face of trouble, just go, ho, 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 hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Freak yourself out. Freak the enemy out. Freak the demons out. Let them wonder what on earth is going on because you know that the pressure he sent to kill you, your God has rubbed grace all over you as a result of which he is making and building your character and giving you a hope that does not disappoint. So the next time you don't know where the rent is going to come from, rejoice in your tribulation. The next time you don't know how you're going to pay the bills, rejoice in your tribulation. Rejoice amidst, the Bible says, count it all joy. Joy one, joy two, joy three, joy four. Glory to God, I got 12 joys today. Because God is working on something. Amen. So go back and be happy. The next time you're counting your blessing, count your trouble. Some of you missed that. The next time you're counting your blessing, what did I say? I said count your trouble. Count what the enemy threw at you as a blessing. Amen. Not because God sent it, but because God is using it to give you a hope that does not disappoint. Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 12, it says, blessed is the man who, that's me, the woman, the boy, the girl, whoever, that blesses Cheeto, who endures under temptation. Why? For when he has been approved, someone say, it's my season to be approved. Let me take the privilege of standing before you and releasing the word of God as the oracles of God. I speak over your life by faith. I declare prophetically that there are seasons that you have been under. There are times that you have been under pressure in several areas of your life. I decree this is a season of approval for you. This is a season of graduation for you. This is a season when your character has been fully formed. I decree that patience in this season in certain areas of your life has finished. Finished his work. So I decree this is your time for abundant supply. And it says, for when he has has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Look at at Isaiah 64 verse 4. 
Isaiah 64 verse 4, it says, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God beside you. Check out what is special about this God who acts for the one who waits for him. Did you hear that? There is no God like your God. Because whilst you are bearing up under the pressure, guess what God is doing? He's acting up for you. Let me tell you, whilst you are under pressure, somebody is getting a whooping. And it is not you. It is the enemy. The enemy is being whooped for bringing that pressure your way because you serve the God who acts for one who waits for him. He said to them in Exodus chapter 14, he told them, he told them whilst the, the Red Sea was in that way, Pharaoh was coming. They were under pressure. He told them, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And check what happened in that moment where Pharaoh was coming. The next thing he said to them was move forward because patience is not waiting. Patience is advancing towards the word of God in spite of the Red Sea in front of you and Pharaoh behind you. But whilst they advance, the Bible says the angel of the Lord that was in front of them moved behind them where the enemy was coming. Why? Because you serve a God who you will act on your behalf as you are waiting for him. As you are waiting for him. Hallelujah. I preach myself happy. I'm ready to go home. Paul says, Paul says to them in 1 Corinthians 2.9, check it out. He says, I has not seen. And this is Paul quoting that scripture. He says, I has not seen nor ear heard. He's quoting the same Isaiah 64. I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have they entered into the heart of man. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. Do you know why we can be patient? Because we love him. Do you know why we love him? Because he first loved us. And I has not seen, nor ear heard, what God has reserved for those who love him. The only reason why you can bear under that pressure, in spite of everything, is because of your love for him. Amen. And I tell you, the best thing to invest in, always invest in your love relationship with this man, Jesus. It will keep you through the worst of things. Amen? And eyes have not seen nor ears heard what God has reserved for those who love him. Amen. Be encouraged. Anybody, anybody blessed today? Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Tell neighbor, neighbor, add some patience to your faith. Let's come before God with our giving. Let's bring our best gift to God.